And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Pray with me. Dear Lord, we thank you for your Son who you sent for us. And today I ask you, Lord, to give me the words that you want me to speak and the things that you want people to hear. Be with us during this time and in this season as we prepare for the hope of your future. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. Welcome to week two of our series, Hope Starts Here. I hope your Christmas season is going well and that you're finding ways to enjoy this season. For me, I love the beginning of the holidays. The music, the lights, the gifting, and the feeling of excitement in people's hearts. As soon as October is over, I love to see this new season start. There is something exhilarating about starts or beginnings. The energy is high, our eyes are up and alert. We have an open spirit for what is to come. This may surprise you, but I've run a number of road races in my life. It started almost 10 years ago when I ran the Flying Pig 5K with my wife, Pam. This was not something I had done before, so it was really exciting to shuffle into the starting line with hundreds of other people. I can remember the feeling I had of exhilaration and a little bit of nervousness. I'm thinking, am I actually going to survive this? Either way, it was exciting, and when the starting pistol went off, we started moving. I've done many of these since, in the rain, the cold, the heat. Man, we love starts, the beginning of something new, the potential of a clean slate or a fresh start. You've experienced these moments before. Maybe it's your first day at a new job or the start of a new school year. Maybe you're ready to dive into reading a new book. Maybe you've committed to a healthier way of eating or exercise. Maybe you already are anticipating burying the circumstances of 2020 and to experience the hope of the ball drop on New Year's Eve. Maybe it's the quiet, simple moment of watching a sunrise. In each of these moments, we are challenged to set aside the former or the old, to disregard all that we know and to replace our feelings, emotions, thoughts, and future on what is not yet. For a brief moment, there is hope. Hope of what could be. Hope of what's to come. Hope of what might be different. Hope of something more. Hope. They tell you in training for a race to be careful of the start speed. What you can do is be so full of excitement that you take off super fast and burn way too much of your energy only to have to slow down. Depending on the situation and our endurance, we can sustain that energy, excitement, and hope-filled spirit for a short period of time. More often than not, though, that feeling of hope disappears quickly. The hope experienced in these moments is not sustainable. It erodes, and with time, that feeling of hope, it starts to disappear. In Scripture, we can read about what this hope loss really looks like. Now, we're going to be in the Old Testament today to start, reading from an often overlooked book of Lamentations. To give you some context, at the time this was written, the temple in Jerusalem has been destroyed. The people are starving, there's sickness, and, and they're dying. The people have truly lost their hope. 
We don't really know for sure who wrote this book, but we know that it captures the results of a difficult time for the Israelite people. I mean, this is a continuation of the story of the Israelite people who had been seriously experiencing a lack of hope. They had been enslaved multiple times in their history. They had lost their homes and families so many times. This was a people who were in despair. When I read about these people, I often struggle with not putting a face to their names. We can forget that these were real people. We end up seeing these as stories like a fictional narrative we read. When you think about it, these people are us. Just like us, they feel anger, frustration, grief, and pain. They had names and families and children. These are not just stories we tell to make us feel good or to be convicted, even though they can do those things. But these stories really happened. The author of Lamentations writes, Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it, and it is bowed down within me. The words he uses to write this passage are wormwood and gall. Those are interesting words, but but let me help us understand their meaning. Wormwood was a plant that was used to treat all kinds of intestinal issues. However, it had a very bitter taste. Not really something that was palatable for people to have. Now the word gall refers particularly to bile, honestly, which itself is a bitter tasting and not enjoyable experience. For those of you who've dealt with stomach issues, you probably know what I'm talking about. These things were denoting the bitterness that the Israelite people were feeling. Maybe you felt these same things in your life. For the students listening today, you might feel this is about someone at school. It might be someone who's been tormenting you online or in the halls. For those of you who work, you could have this feeling about someone who's gotten the promotion you wanted, even though you know they were not honest. Maybe you felt bitterness about not being able to find someone who loves you for who you are. Maybe you're feeling this wormwood and gall over a marriage lost to infidelity and divorce. For many of us, this may be the bitterness of this entire year from the pandemic to the racial tensions or to the election season. Whatever it is, we all have lost our hope and have felt this bitterness in our lives. However, this is not where the author ends the passage. Instead, he reminds the Israelite people, and now us, that there is a hope for the future. Here's what he writes, starting in verse 21. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. What an amazing reminder we see. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. He says they are new every morning. This is that new beginning we talked about earlier. The hope for a new day and a new opportunity. This passage is telling us that for those people who are willing to turn to God and ask for forgiveness and love, He will give it. That each and every day we have a new opportunity to experience the grace of God. For us, this means that if we wake every morning with the vision that what happened yesterday is not the full measure of who we are or what we can do, but it is simply something in the past. This day, today, and every day going forward, we can focus on accepting and appreciating the gift that God has given to all of us. The reason we can do this is what this season is all about. Today's big idea is that everlasting hope starts with Jesus. 
This month we celebrate the birth of Jesus and ultimately the sacrifice he would make for each of us. You see, Lamentations was written in a period of time around 500 years prior to Jesus being born. And while the Israelites were putting their hope in God, they were also waiting for this promise to come to fruition. What they were holding on to was a promise that God made to Abraham hundreds of years prior. They were waiting for God to come down as a king, conquering their enemies and removing this bitterness from their lives. They were looking for a new start and a new beginning for their people. However, they were still struggling with when that time would come. And so, after the Old Testament was completed, we have this 500-year period where the people are hearing nothing from God, and all they can do is wait. Can you imagine waiting 500 years for something? First of all, we don't live that long. You're talking at least five generations of families that were waiting to see the hope they had been holding on to. I mean, I think of my little boys who are waiting patiently for Christmas morning to get here so they can open those presents under the tree. It's hard enough for them to wait 12 more days, let alone hundreds of years. As a people, we are not patient for things to happen. As Kevin said last week, we pray for something in the morning and hope for the answer by noon. God doesn't work that way most of the time. Not that He can't, but because He has a larger view of the plan. He can see what waiting means. He can understand the end goal. He can see the forest, not the trees. For God, He knew the start of the new hope was coming and everything needed to be in the right place at the right time for this to happen. And God knew that once that hope came, then it would last forever. Remember, everlasting hope starts with Jesus. Not hope that lasts for a few years. Not a hope that you get for the month of December and falls off in January. Not a hope you have for 10 minutes in the morning when you pray or when things are going your way. No, this hope is meant to last forever. Now in the story of Jesus' life and birth, we can be reminded of a start that does not erode, fade, or disappear. In the book of Luke, which is in the gospel, or the story of Jesus' life, we read the narrative of the, of the Savior, of the birth of our Savior. And so here in Luke 2, we see the following. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. It's always intriguing to me that the angels regularly said, Fear not. But then I, I have to remember that for someone to see an angel was probably pretty scary. We often visualize these as these beautiful winged creatures, but honestly... I think they were far more powerful and overwhelming. When people saw these angels, they were understandably scared and probably thought they were about to die. So these angels had to say, hey, fear not. But I also think there was something more to this. The angel was saying, don't fear because I'm bringing you good news. You see, the angel knew that the world was about to change. For everyone, there was a new beginning happening. Jesus was ushering in the grace and forgiveness that God had promised all along, and the angel knew. However, these men in the field and everyone that would come from this point had no idea. While the world was about to be flipped upside down, we're told not to fear this new thing, the beginning of something different. For many of us, there may be a fear of new things. We tend to look at new things as the loss of the old, and therefore we grieve, and that's okay. I'm not going to hide the fact that I, I don't always like change. I'm a creature of habit, and I tend to like things to be done the same way each time so that I understand how they work. I think there are many of us who deal with this in our lives as well. 
I mean, you may fear the changes to your job because it may mean that your role is being outsourced, limited, or completely eliminated. You may fear the new way our education system is working because this means that you are far more involved in your kid's education and you're not sure you can handle the responsibility or fully be engaged as needed. You may struggle with the new way we interact with each other through masks and being six feet apart. You may fear the new school year because you know this is just another year of being bullied and feeling inferior. Maybe you fear the new elected government and the changes we read about possibly coming. You fear what this means for your life and the life of your families. Hopefully, some of you can relate to some of those things, and you understand that our fear of new things is challenging. You see, the angel was telling these shepherds that change was coming and not to fear the future. Why? Because a Savior was born. The angel was reminding those men in the fields, and in essence, you and I, that our hope is not in this world, but in the everlasting hope of Jesus being born in a stable. The angel was saying, the promises you've been waiting for all these hundreds of years, the promise your parents and your grandparents taught you, the promise has been fulfilled in the town of Bethlehem. Change is coming, as now is not the time to fear, but a time to hope. Those people in the time when Lamentations was written had only hope for an unseen future. For you and I, the hope was realized. Hope goes beyond our circumstances. While we often want to think of hope as taking away any problems we have and fixing everything, this is not what hope means. Life doesn't magically become easier, it becomes fuller. When you start anew and you put your faith in the hope of Jesus, then this means that you have full life that God promises to each of us. A life that knows that our hope starts new each day and we can be sure of our future, regardless of what is happening in our lives right now. We don't have to fear the future. We embrace the future because God has promised something amazing. You can have hope now, today, because of what God did 2,000 years ago. In order to experience this everlasting hope, you have to choose to start a relationship with Jesus. Not one foot in, one foot out, all in. Complete surrender to Jesus. The wait is over for you to experience everlasting hope. What's holding you back? No matter your age, your past, your current struggles, it's not too late. You can start new today. It doesn't mean your problems will go away. It means that we have hope beyond what we face. It means we can experience hope that allows us to be hope for what could be, what's to come, how things might be different for something more. Everlasting hope starts with Jesus. Today, if you haven't done so, I want to ask you to surrender your life to Jesus through baptism. Next week on December 20th, we want to celebrate baptisms. We want people to come forward and choose to give their lives to the everlasting hope that Jesus offers. We want to see lives start new. And as you come out of the water, we want to celebrate the new life that's beginning. If you have a desire to make this decision, and I implore you to do so, then email me, at the email on the screen. I would love to talk to you about this decision. Don't let fear stand in the way of this. We tend to let our fears and issues stand in the way of making new starts. Remember what the angel said, fear not. If you've been baptized, then I want to challenge you to wake up early enough one day this week to watch the sunrise. There's something powerful in the sunrise. Make yourself a cup of coffee or tea. Sit quietly. 
Spend some time reading Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, and remind yourself of the steadfast love of your Heavenly Father that fills you with abundant joy and hope. Allow your soul to rest in Him.